0: and recording ladies and gentlemen boys and girls my name is sock monkey mike here with an exclusive interview okay this is a big interview i appreciate this individual for being here uh it is the one the only rock the promo champion buzz in wwe 2k19 Bros of joe brody like he has so many accomplishments like i can't even name them so uh ladies and gentlemen aj kirsch how are you my friend I'm great, thanks for having me, and thanks for uh, such uh, a grand introduction. I I appreciate that, and I'm stoked to get started. I I, I appreciate you being on here. Uh, It's cool, though, because you're a Southern California native, uh, part of the Southern California Independent Wrestling Center. NorCal, I hate to cut you off right off the bat, but Northern California. Oh, okay, okay. A lot of love for
1: my SoCal uh, brothers and sisters, but born and bred NorCal, and proud of it.
0: (laughs) Of course. Uh, So for those who don't know you, what would you say is the best accomplishment of your career that people could maybe say, Oh, I remember AJ Kirsch. Wow. That's a good question. And I realize in this moment of
1: having to think about it, how lucky I am to have had the run that I've had. Um, you know, I think, I don't know. It's easy to like name the things that I would want to put on a resume, like, you know, winning rock the promo or, or my moment on tough enough or, you know, MLW or any of that stuff. But I think what my what, like, fills me with the most joy was this promo that I cut as part of Hood Slam. And this annual event called Femme Doubt where um, all everybody dresses up as women. Um, <laughs> and I cut this promo that was this like anti xenophobic speech that was like, we don't care. Like what color you are, or where you come from, or how you identify, or what you have between your legs, or who you like to have sex with—like, it was just this. Like, you're, you're. It, we don't care about any of that stuff. And it was a couple of years ago. Uh, it was, it was in January of 27, No, February of 2017. If you want to look it up, uh, if you just plug in "hood slam we don't care" into YouTube, you'll, you'll find it pretty quickly. And it's me in full drag in this like Tinkerbell dress, like just, and of course, just like super jacked, like in this dress, which is just hilarious to begin with. (laughs) But just the fact that, I don't know, like, you know, our current sitting president had just taken office. And so there was a lot of like, just unrest and weariness and just like, oh my God, what's gonna happen. And I just kind of felt like putting that message out there was it was the right place at the right time to just remind everybody here at Hood Slam we don't give a fuck. Like, sorry, okay. I didn't ask you if I can swear on the your show. You're no, 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 you're good. You're report. good. Just bleep it out. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, just like that, everybody is welcome at Hood Slam, regardless of any of the stuff that you might be judged for outside of Hood Slam. So, while yes, I am very proud of like all of my, you know, accomplishments and goals and feats and all that stuff. Uh, I think that promo at that show, more than anything else, is what I'm most proud of.
0: That's cool. And uh, I forgot to mention, how are you doing during this quarantine? Because obviously a lot of people have dealt with it differently, but I've noticed a lot with professional wrestlers that they've kind of felt more focused now than ever because they're waiting to come back and everything like that. So yeah, I mean, what, what, what you been up to? I mean, bored at the yeah, house. <laughs> definitely eager to come back.
1: Um, you know, I, I miss wrestling as I'm sure, you know, a lot, if not almost everyone does, But I also am enjoying missing wrestling. Like I'm enjoying the time away and you have to be away from something to miss it. And I think it gives everybody involved in the business, a fresh perspective on what wrestling means to them and what to do when they come back. And like, this is a chance. If you've ever thought about how to do something differently, this is your opportunity to do things differently. You have a lot of time on your hands right now to refocus or recalibrate or regroup or reevaluate and just take your time with your approach back into wrestling. Um, I've been keeping busy enough that I feel like I'm being productive. Like I do uh, live streaming workouts on my Twitch channel seven days a week. Like it's just a, an at-home zero equipment bodyweight workout. So it's like nothing fancy, but it's enough to keep people motivated and moving um and if you want to check that out it's twitch.tv slash aj kirsch uh every week night uh, that's right gotta get the plug in <laughs> All right. every week night at 5 15 pacific the stream starts the workout starts at 5 30 and then weekends it's a little earlier 145 pacific time the stream starts and the workout starts at 2 um and i've built like a fun little community there i don't have like a lot of folks tuning in at once it's usually like 20 or 25 people but again it's enough that I feel like I'm building like a fun little community around fitness. It also scratches the performer itch because I have an audience that I can just be goofy and silly in front of and, and you know, turn up kind of the entertainer that's in me. Um, you know, I'm producing seminars on Zoom. Um, the first one was how to cut a better promo and be a more uh, confident public speaker. The second one was on like a basically a crash course in fitness And then, um, I don't know when this is airing. It's Tuesday, May 19th, Caning Day, by the way, as you and I record this. But this Saturday, uh, May the 23rd, I'll be doing a seminar on Zoom about mental health, which is something that I feel like does not get um, talked about enough. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to talk about it, Uh, my experience in starting therapy and just kind of seizing control of my mental health and mental health in pro wrestling and just kind of how the two – relate to each other, or sadly, in most cases, don't relate to each other. So uh, shoot me a DM on any of my social media links. It's all at AJ Kirsch. That's AJ K I R S C H. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, it's all the same. Hit me up. I'm not hard to get a hold of if you want the details on that seminar. So as you can tell, after like three minutes of straight projects and plugs, I'm finding ways to keep busy. But yeah, I'm missing pro wrestling. And one of the things keeping me going is like, yeah, it sucks being away from performing, but the first show back with Hood Slam and MLW and Best of the West in the Fresno area, like those shows are going to be absolutely electric.
0: And I'm yeah. getting chills
1: just thinking about it right now.
0: Definitely. Uh, yeah, you know, you mentioned about Hood Slam, you mentioned about MLW. Uh, where did you find earlier in your uh, career the passion? For professional wrestling, because a lot of people, when they start, they're like, "Man, I I saw from TV watching WWE," or you know, uh, in the early days, like I I find it cool, but then they really don't go on afterwards because either life goes on or something just pops up. So, what what was that motivation for you to keep going? And you know, after doing uh, Hood Slam, Tough Enough, uh, and all and all these other projects, like what made you keep going? Well, I started watching wrestling in March of 96,
1: which I didn't know it at the time, but that was an extremely lucky time to become a fan because that was, you know, I just got acquainted with Diesel and Razor Ramon in time for them to jump ship. So it was like, I started watching three months before the NWO was born. I started watching three months before the phrase Austin 316 was born. So I started watching wrestling, Just I just so happened to start watching wrestling at a time that it was really just on the cusp of taking off with the Monday Night Wars. And then the Attitude Era was born. And I think that's why I never really grew out of it. Because as I was growing older and becoming a teenager, and then eventually a young adult, wrestling was kind of growing with me. So anybody who ever asks me, I, I like to tell them it's a phase I never grew out of.
0: Oh, because it wow. grew with me. Right, yeah. And then we definitely saw that throughout your career. Uh, one thing that I do want to point out about your career before we get into the Tough Enough stuff, I wanted to get into TNA Gut Check. Like, What was that experience like being in uh, that type of show? Because I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that was in the Sacramento area. And it was something new and unique, especially with the company at the time, which was Impact Wrestling, well, which is now known as Impact Wrestling now right. uh TNA. So can you talk a little bit about your experience and uh, kind of the feel, the vibe during that time? Honestly, not much to say. Um,
1: it didn't feel like much beyond just kind of a, a a tryout that I would have if I were an extra talent at WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, d kind of herded us all around and was like, all right, you know, let's, let's see you roll, let's see you move, let's see you bump. Um, they would put, you know, they would pair us up and have us do a quick match. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would have us cut a promo. So I don't know. It was, to be honest, kind of a forgettable experience. Like it, it doesn't even really come to mind when I go back and review, like, you know, the the moments of my career. Like I, at the time, you know, I was still fresh out of Tough Enough. So I was just trying to keep my name out there as much as I could. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, nothing really ever came of gut check. And that's fine. I mean, you know, I, I was like all right, well, if this door doesn't lead to an opportunity, then I'll just keep knocking on doors until something eventually does. But it's funny you bring that up because I'm like, oh yeah, I did gut check.
0: (laughs) I mean, hey, you got to do your research for these interviews.
1: No, well done. Well done.
0: You were well prepared. I appreciate it. Uh, So you did mention about tough enough. So uh, what was that? uh, What was that like? Because that Tough Enough in particular was way different than Tough Enough uh, 10 plus years ago before because it was kind of a new rebranding of Tough Enough. It had a brand new logo, brand new look. Some might even say it was kind of the early development stages of the Performance Center that we know of, uh, love and know now. So uh, what was that new feel of tough enough were you expecting uh something that was on the lines of 2001 uh release or were you expecting more something of like okay this is brand new I'm prepared for everything like what was that like I had no idea what to expect like
1: I was aware I'd watched the first couple seasons of tough enough and even that one that was like a part of smackdown Mm -hmm. um and I was just you know to your point it was like it was a new logo. It looked like it was completely rebranded. So I was just like, this probably works in a completely different way. So I, excuse me, I came in having separating myself as much as possible from my expectations and just be like, just be ready to work. That's basically it. Just show up and just do be ready to dive into whatever silliness or arduous drill or conditioning, or just be ready to just be ready to do it. And, um, you know, it was one of the most stressful experiences of my life because a shot at what was a lifelong dream at the time was on the line. And I was training under Stone Cold Steve Austin and Bill DeMott, Booker T, Trish Stratus, and they were the ones that were there on a regular basis, Never mind the big shows and Bret Hart's and Rey Mysterio's and John Cena's that came in to like, you know, teach us even further. I mean, it was, as a fan, it was like I'd won the life lottery. Like there was a moment where we were sitting at the giant dining room table. I don't think this made air, by the way. And this Exclusive was- super- behind the scenes. What's
0: that? Exclusive behind the scenes, right? That's here. right,
1: that's right, a little BTS action. Um, I think it was super early on in the show because Cena was the guest, and I think he was the first guest. And uh, so on one side of this table is Stone Cold Steve Austin, and on the other side of this table is John Cena, And they're trading like playful barbs, like teasing the idea that they might have a match one day. And I'm like kind of in the middle. So I'm just kind of like, oh my God, is this real life right now? Is this actually happening? So like, but trying to like not be a Mark, you know what I mean? Trying to, trying to be a professional, but having that little 4th of July moment in my head where I'm just like, this is real life. And this is the (laughs) fucking coolest thing ever. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was, it was very, you know, a a lot of, very intense emotions just in every sense of the word stressful, like just joyful,
0: um, you know, everything and everything in between. Yeah, that's awesome. Definitely. You know, I I would say that 2011 tough enough was definitely one of the most, uh, like weirdest transitions, especially from its, you know, origin, uh, you know, especially like you mentioned with the new logo, but again, you know, you were definitely prepared for everything. So, With that said, that wasn't your only opportunity with WWE, because afterwards you were a part of WWE 2K19's uh, (laughs) voiceover work. Uh, So if you could talk about the buzz that went through, uh (laughs) right? The buzz that went through that process and uh, how did that all work?
1: Yeah, so that came about because after my run on Tough Enough, like obviously I, I lost, I didn't get signed. And But I knew that I was on WWE's radar because a lot of folks who lose tough enough still end up getting signed. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I need to do everything in my power to make myself as valuable a commodity as possible to WWE. And so one of the things that I did with that in mind was I wanted to seek out other avenues of entertainment to show WWE that I'm not just a pro wrestler. Like you can put me in a commercial or a television show or a movie or a talk show and I can kill it. (laughs) Um, I had no experience doing any of those things, but I'm like, I want to get into those things because again, I wanted to get signed by WWE. So I uh, signed with a local agency here in the San Francisco Bay area and they started sending me out on auditions and slowly but surely I started getting more projects and commercials and voiceover work. And I got an audition for a project that I'm not at liberty to disclose the working title, but it was, I can't do it. (laughs) um but it was the nature of the project was a pro wrestling i thought it was a television show um and so i went in i did the audition and felt good about it um but usually if you don't hear back within three or four days it means you didn't get the project that's why the slogan goes don't call us we'll call you Mm -hmm. and if you that's also one of the super challenging things about show business is if you don't hear back, it means you didn't get the job, but also that just leaves you with this un- hanging uncertainty for a while, which is right. hard to like get away from. So I had written the project off because I didn't hear back. So about a week after the audition, um, I got a, um, I think it was an email from somebody at 2K saying, hey, we saw your audition. We really liked it. By the way, uh, Such and Such is not the actual title of this project. This project is the My Career Mode for WWE 2K19. And I was in my car at the time at a stoplight reading my emails, and I immediately, like, turned on ACDC and just cranked it all the way up, rolled (laughs) down the windows, and was just rocking out. Like, growing up a gamer and a wrestling fan, it just doesn't get any better than that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) To this day, every time I talk about it, it's still just absolutely – surreal that like I that I got to do that it was
0: oh my god it's just it just tickles me to no end that that happened I know and talking about WWE 2K19 I mean there's another uh NXT superstar who worked on that as well by the name of Mansoor and you did work with that during the my career process uh what was Manny and I actually Manny and
1: I were friends like for years prior to that happening and um, he trained at a school called stoner u here in oakland under the stoner brothers which is a tag team that is a regular at hood slam mm-hmm. and so uh manny i think is based was based out of sacramento at the time and you know he i guess has an agent who hooks him up with auditions as well and he came in and read for uh coal black hole Cole.
0: yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> getting the role so the fact that he and i were able to like share that experience together made it even more special and it was so cool like Hell of a year for Manny. He goes from voicing Cole to getting signed to NXT after the uh, having that moment at, uh, was it Crown Jewel? Was that the first one? I believe
0: it was Crown Jewel or Super Showdown. I could be wrong.
1: Yeah, I want to say it was Crown Jewel. I think that was the first one. But yeah, that kicked off a hell of a year for uh, your boy, Manny Faberino, a.k.a. Mansoor.
0: Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I mean, definitely, uh, the 2K19 My Career seemed more in detail in terms of story than any other uh, video game prior or even afterwards. So what was, when you were reading the script and you were reading uh, the story behind this uh, story mode per se, uh, was it something that you were automatically hooked on? Was it something that you kind of took a while to like, okay, like this is something that I'm not really used to, but I mean, I'm excited either way. Like what was the thought process behind that? Like both. I mean,
1: I love the story. The story is almost anybody who's ever wanted to get into wrestling. It's, you know, it's their path to WWE. And I think this was the first year that in my career mode actually started you outside wwe and on the independent level rather than just like you know some greenhorn at at nxt right um and i think that's something that really would bring in a lot of other fans and just be like well you know wwe they're not one to necessarily acknowledge that there's a world outside of wwe and so mm-hmm. i think that was pretty groundbreaking at the time and you know at the same time i was like this was the first motion capture or voiceover work for a video game at this level that I've ever done. So it was kind of like tough enough where I was just like, I don't really know what to ex- what to expect, but just be ready to dive in head first and give it my all. And they were super receptive about creative input and, you know, they let me improv some lines. They let me like suggest jokes or if there was like wrestling lingo that was a little bit iffy, they let me, you know, put my input. And so just the fact that they gave me that kind of creative freedom was also just a huge blessing because it showed their faith in me, not just as a voice actor, but as an, a pro- former professional wrestler. I mean, right. I haven't wrestled my last match yet, but my days
0: of wrestling, you know, regularly are long behind me. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, hopefully when you do have that last match, it's going to be against Stone Cold Steve and I can already imagine it. <laughs> and that would be wild. <laughs> that would be amazing. But definitely, we are, we, we are definitely looking forward to, uh, to those moments, and it'll, it'll be glorious. Trust me, it will be glorious. I'm sure it will be. I'm looking forward to it whenever it <laughs> It was supposed to happen this past uh, April at Hood Slam's
1: 10-year anniversary show, but for obvious reasons, that didn't happen. So that story, I guess, is uh, has yet to be brought to an end
0: right and then finally let's talk about hood slam now we mentioned a lot in this interview so talk to us about what got you into hood slam because we all know that there's this one persona that you are most famous for in hood slam and that is bros of joe brody the best in promos and for only ten dollars if you venmo his agent aj kirsch you get to have a custom shout out promo and i have the best like honestly every time i read or not excuse me not read but every time i watch on instagram the the shout outs that you do i love the beginning it's like hey bro (laughs) bro i mean bro some joe brody here i've done a lot of cool shit like it's like absolutely (laughs) amazing and then i like how you do the pg version where it's like i've done a lot of cool stuff like yeah i can be pg if you (laughs) want. i had a couple people request pg
1: promos or for they're for kids or something so it's like yeah broseph can do pg although i do not appreciate how he refers to me as his handler like i don't (laughs) <laughs> that just, that irks me a little bit, but you know, he's, he's good at what he does. So you can't yeah. fault him that. Yeah. Um, so
0: talk about Hood Slam and talk about the creation of Joe Brody.
1: Yeah. So after Tough Enough, some of the advice that I got from Bill DeMott was work as many places as you can. And, um, you know, I had heard some rumblings about Hood Slam and I was in Berkeley at the time. Hood Slam was in Oakland. So it's not like it was far away. So I was like, sure, I'll, I'll see, ch- check out a show. So I hit up the promoter, asked them if I could check out a show. They were like, absolutely, drop by. And then on kind of a whim, they were like, hey, you want to do commentary? And I was like, okay, like, why not? Let's, let's give it a shot. And turns out I had a good time doing it. I had a knack for it. And then I kept popping up at Hood Slam every month. And I was like, you know what? I need a character that can stand next to the ridiculousness that takes place at Hood Slam. The character's like Drugs Bunny, the stoner brothers and chupacabra and dark chic and just all these ridiculous characters and i'm like if i'm going to be a regular here i need to have an equally ridiculous character so like i said still fresh out of tough enough and i was sick of being a good guy because everywhere i wrestled people just wanted to see aj kirsch on wwe tough enough so as a performer like it was nice to have that notoriety but as a performer Like that doesn't scratch the itch because, you know, it's not really a whole lot of fun to just be yourself when you want to perform. Mm. So I was looking at the clientele that came into hood slam the crowd and everything. And I was just kind of like, who would this crowd just hate with a fiery passion. And so I took some shreds of my own personality. Uh, I went to school at Chico state, which is a notorious party school, ton of frat culture. I was never in a frat, but there was a ton of frat culture Um, I was a legit gym rat, like worked out every day. I bounced at some of the douchiest clubs in San Francisco. So I was just around douchebags all the time. And I shamelessly, unironically love Nickelback, like love them. And if you tell me you don't, I'm going to call you a liar because there is at least one song that everybody knows and loves by Nickelback.
0: I love Nickelback. So
1: (laughs) thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's right. Yeah. Break the stigma. I love it. Um, so I put all those things together, and I'm just like, you know who I bet this crowd would hate? A bro. Like a spring break, like ta- Daytona Beach, SoCal, just raging spring. Like a spring break or a person. That's who I was trying to create. And between the like the loud board shorts, the tank top, the sunglasses, the hat like tilted to the side – coming out spraying axe on myself like the the crowd knew immediately oh yeah fuck this guy and that was the whole point so to be able to be a heel after you know a year of just straight yay tv baby face was very refreshing and it really wasn't until i got to hood slam that i feel like i hit my stride as a performer in pro
0: wrestling that's awesome i mean especially looking at the joe brody uh videos that you post on instagram thank you it is absolutely like sometimes i'm like man so before matt riddle there was joe brody
1: <laughs> well that's the thing everybody who's watching I, I appreciate you bringing that up because like every you know i get a lot of flack where it's like oh you just stole matt riddle's gimmick and it's like i've been doing this since 2012 when matt riddle was in the ufc looking like justin bieber so right. i do kind of scoff every time i see original bro on his gear i'm like ah that's cute. Plus, Zack Ryder was the first bro in wrestling. True. He was like, he was the Jersey Shore, like East Coast bro. I'm the West Coast bro. And Matt Riddle is Stevie Richards. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> oh
0: man. Well, thank you again, AJ, for this awesome interview. Is there anything uh, that you would like to plug? Any uh, message that you want to put out there? Yeah.
1: Thanks for the uh, the opportunity and the platform. I appreciate it. Um, speaking of Joe Brody, I've got 35 broseph joe brody shirts available on pro wrestling tees uh i also snagged i'm very proud of this i snagged the url <laughs> bro wrestling tees oh. take you right to the broseph joe brody store so all you need to know to check out my shirts is bro wrestling um i touched on it earlier but you know check out my workouts on twitch seven days a week twitch.tv slash aj kirsch you can find me on facebook twitter and instagram they're all at aj kirsch And shoot me a DM if you want information on that mental health seminar that I'm leading on Zoom Saturday, May the 23rd. Um, Or just reach out and say what's up. Like I said, I'm not hard to get a hold of. I am, however, making a point to distance myself from my phone from time to time just because I'm already on it way too often. But reach out. I'll I'll hit you back.
0: That's awesome. Well, thank you, AJ. And just like the Cardboard Championships known in SmackDown – this was absolutely, are you still selling those, by the way, before, before we go? <laughs> no, I'm not selling the Yolo County Tag Team Championships anymore. They were very,
1: I mean, they were all made by hand. There was no fast way to make them. So it was really like just getting to be a pain to like cut out the cardboard and, you know, with my big fat painter pens and just draw them all up. Um, it's kind of funny, though, that Heavy Machinery's action figures come out with mini replicas of the Yolo County Tag Team Championships. And to the best of my knowledge, They have yet to defend those titles. And myself and Dave, I mean, I'm under contract to MLW, so it's not going to happen anytime soon. But just (laughs) know that myself and Dave Dutra, we're getting ready for the day that we can get our rematch for the Yolo County Tag Team Championships. Heavy machinery are just a couple cowards as far as I'm concerned.
0: Ooh, that, that is a challenge right there. Well, thank you so much, AJ. And I will see you guys again soon. Make sure you guys like, comment, subscribe. Typical YouTube stuff, I don't know. And make sure you guys go follow AJ Kirsch, Twitter, Instagram, twitch i will put all that in the link in the description and i will see you guys again soon thank you and we'll see you and